Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. On today's Saturday news, Lita makes her first SmackDown appearance in 20 years. And did she nearly sign with AEW? WWE are renaming the Elimination Chamber. Mickie James dishes the dirt on her Rumble return. And an unlikely record is broken on SmackDown. Are you ready? Are you ready for the news time? Yes, my name is Phil Chambers and I'm joined by Gareth Morgan to talk all things wrestling. Uh, But before we get into it, make sure you like the video, comment down below what you think of all today's stories and give us a subscribe because YouTube really likes all that stuff and uh, each story is in the timestamps in the description. So click them and off you go. But first up, Gareth. It's me. We're changing things up this side. We need to talk about Lita because Lita made her first appearance on SmackDown in two decades last night i believe her last appearance on smackdown came in a tag match she teamed with trish stratus to take on ivory and jazz and that was a a four minute long tag match so not really that memorable but this was on the other hand because she got into the ring started having a bit of a chat with everyone she had a a original kind of theme music back which is an absolute banger and then charlotte flair came out they had a bit of a back and forth like she kind of dragged trish stratus name through the mud which i feel like is alluding to potentially a trish stratus like surprise return at the rumble i've just got a feeling in my gut that all went down, and then by the end of it, like she just annoyed Lita, so she hit with a twist of fate. And then that was pretty much it for the actual segment. But it was great. Popped the crowd. It made everyone really giddy because she was there. It was great. But then after this as well, some some more kind of news broke on the old interweb, the intersphere. And it is re- revolving all around Lita right now in the fact that she potentially could have signed for AEW before this. Like that, that was something that was in line for her, that it was in the pipeline. Fightful Selector reported that like she was potentially going to be in a feud with Britt Baker coming into All Out. That would have been a big, epic AEW Women's Championship match. No doubt it would have had loads of press and loads of, like, just, I don't know, publicity on that because it would have been a huge match. But in the lead-up to it, when it was looking like it could have become a thing, Lita decided, nope, I want to go into the Royal Rumble. Which makes you think what WWE must have put on the table for Lita to pass up that offer. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make you think. Maybe, maybe she might even win the Royal Rumble and go on to WrestleMania and have a big women's championship match. I'm getting very much carried away myself, but that's where my mind went with this. But it also seems like they're still on good terms, Tony Khan and Lita, after all this stuff came to pass. And it feels probably more and more likely at this point that Lita will, at some point, have some form of run in AEW, I don't know, she might even go after Britt Baker's championship if she's still got the belt like in a year or so, something like that. We don't know what's going to happen there, but I think it's just interesting that there was, I don't know, a world where Lita could have been in AEW at All Out fighting Britt Baker for the belt. Yeah, absolutely. I would be very much into Lita versus Britt Baker, but who knows why it went wrong. Maybe Lita just doesn't feel like she can do like a full-length match at this point in her life, but she can do the Royal Rumble. Who the hell knows? Hopefully she made the right decision for her. Uh, but it's uh, exciting, nevertheless, to have her back in the Rumble. Exciting to have her back on SmackDown, although she did kind of say on SmackDown that she like 
never got the chance to do women's rumbles because they didn't have them back in her day. But she was in the one in 2018, in the first one. So maybe she's just forgotten. <laughs> she's been through a lot. She's been dropped on her back in her head a lot. You a never lot. know with these things. Just give her the benefit of the doubt there. That's... But it is fantastic to have Lita back on TV and in the Royal Rumble. It's Royal Rumble season. I bloody love the Royal Rumble. Uh, and yeah, Lita's just ace, no matter what she does. And I'd be very excited for her versus Britt Baker. And I'm excited to see her in the Rumble. Either way, it's all good. Win-win, man. Win-win. Indeed. Uh, but um, WWE sticking with them and the show that he comes after the Royal Rumble, the one that's in Saudi Arabia now, uh, Fightful first reported this uh, earlier in the week that WWE is looking to bring the Elimination Chamber away from its own pay-per-view in America over into Saudi Arabia. Well, now Meltzer is adding on to this uh, in the latest Wrestling Observer that it could also get a name change and the reported name change is going to be WrestleMania Chamber. And I wonder why <laughs> they would want to remove the word elimination from a match in Saudi Arabia. Hmm, I wonder why that could be. Mm. I have no ideas. Um, so yeah, this is the latest on the Elimination Chamber being in Saudi Arabia. He also tweeted out as well that a proposed name change for the show was the annual Elimination Chamber, um, which is just a bit weird, but like sort of along the lines of the Greatest Royal Rumble, I guess, like trying to make it sound a bit fancier. Um, but yeah, that the latest is the WrestleMania Chamber match. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. We've had WrestleMania Backlash. Now we could have WrestleMania Chamber. Maybe they're just trying to put WrestleMania into as many shows as possible because they think it helps somehow. Or it's probably just because they don't want the word Elimination Chamber in, in Saudi Arabia, do they? I think that's the, ni not nice, but that's the real icky kind of, yeah, headline in that, which a lot of people probably will allude to. So that's that's there. We'll just we'll acknowledge that. That's that's definitely in this uh, this whole world right now. But I've, God, I get so many mixed feelings with this because I hate the fact that the Elimination Chamber is its own pay-per-view. I think a lot of people do. We hate these stip-centered pay-per-views that don't feel earned. It's just like, oh, it's on the calendar. Better throw everyone into the match. It's just... Yeah, they just don't feel as special as they used to. But then equally, just throwing it over to Saudi just doesn't, I don't know, it takes even more shine off it like you did with the Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't know, trying it out for people just to go, hey, there you go, you can have your own. And the WrestleMania thing, I think when it comes to WrestleMania, it's without a doubt the most marketable show that WWE have. It's the one that everyone knows about. You just say WrestleMania to anybody who doesn't even really understand wrestling. They know what WrestleMania is. So if you say, oh, we've got WrestleMania Chamber, WrestleMania Backlash, they're like, oh, is that WrestleMania? It's, I know that sounds quite simplistic, but people would just tune in or maybe even just give it a second glance because it's like, oh, I recognize that word. It's one of those horrible marketing things that just happens. But with this, I don't know. I like the chamber. This is where it really, like, oh, it really upsets my insides because I love chamber matches. I just don't like the whole scenario that's just this one's been thrown into. So Meltzer, Meltzer did say as well to like sort of take it with a pinch of salt until it's officially announced. But it is yeah. definitely in talks in WWE like that. So yeah. way that angling at the moment. So things could change. This might not happen. You never know. Mm. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. And they'll probably <laughs> paint it green and purple. So moving on, probably. we're going to talk about Mickey James and the Rumblers jump back to the rumble okay it's a safe space the rumble it's um it's something we're all very much looking forward to and so is mickey james but it caught her a little bit by surprise the fact that she was announced for the match before the actual match if that makes sense so she was talking on the ariel hawani show she's on a bit of a natter she i love these these long form interviews that ariel does because he just gets people to just drop the guard and talk about 
I don't know, anything really that comes to mind in, in the way they feel about these situations. And she went into a lot of detail. She said that this completely shocked her, very much shocked that the, the, like, the announcement came before the match. Like she, as far as she knew, she was going to be a surprise. She was going to be a surprise entrant. And that very much lines up with Summer Rae who herself said that she was she thought she was going to be a big surprise on the night, but that she was just thrown into those 19 names that were announced on SmackDown of the 30. So we've still got a few little potential surprises there. I've got 10 or 11 people that you could throw in, maybe some NXT calls, maybe some legends looking at you. Trish could be popping up there as well. And she also talked about the person who was the mind behind her comeback, the person who kind of floated this idea into the universe to begin with, and that was Johnny Laurinaitis, yeah, the WWE head of talent relations and all the rest of it. He got in touch with Impact Executive Vice President Scott Demore, and then he Demore like said, well, just threw the idea to Mickey and said, oh, what do you think about that? And she evidently was all for it. But yeah, massively shocked by the fact that it came the day before. She had a hard to kill match against Deanna Perazzo, but then she successfully defended that Impact Women's uh, Impact Knockout sorry knockouts championship how dare i she did that so now she potentially could be walking into that pay-per-view with the belt which would be really cool that'd be a hell of a visual she's able to actually carry maybe even take that belt down to the ring with her i don't know like during a royal rumble entrance and just pass it off to somebody that would be that'd be a hell of a moment whether it would be actually let her do that we're not sure yet but it very much lines up like i said with the summer race stuff and also on top of this another little nugget at the end of this like interview was like, she talked about the fact that she was apologized to by WWE after all the infamous way that she left the company in April, like all the trash bag stuff that happened there. Like we all know that it's been very much documented, but she said that she had some personal phone calls from Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H and obviously Laurinaitis as well. After all this, just saying, sorry, I was really embarrassed. It was not a good look for the company. So that in itself is also really newsworthy. So a lot of really I don't know, just, just not exactly groundbreaking, but enlightening news to drop out of this Mickey James interview. Yeah, it's good stuff that they're actually apologising for it. I mean, it's really easy to see that sending someone all of their stuff in a bin bag after you've fired them isn't going to be the best look for your company. Probably should have seen that with a little bit of foresight, uh, but at least they've actually apologised for it. Uh, and Mickey James is obviously really excited about this opportunity and being in the Royal Rumble and sort of being the first person to like ever do this sort of crossover with Impact as a champion coming into the Royal Rumble, the possibility of her bringing down the belt da uh, down with her. It's like, it's all really, really exciting. And it's just sort of good news. Good news is always mm. good. I like a bit of good news. Yeah, exactly. Makes a change. Indeed. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see if any more people come over to the Royal Rumble from Impact. You never know. Moose. Moose. <laughs> there he is. You're going to manifest uh, But this. last story of the day. Uh, a surprising record has been broken on SmackDown last night. Now, um, Natalia was saying she's got all these world records. She's got three world records and she wanted a fourth. Um, so she already currently has the... She's won the most amount of matches of any woman in WWE history. She's had the most pay-per-view matches of any woman in WWE history. Sorry premium live event matches. <laughs> How could I be so silly? Uh, and she's had the most matches in general. So there's her three uh, world records that she holds. But she wanted the fourth. She wanted the fastest match ever. She attacked Aaliyah before the match, but then obviously it all went a bit wrong. Aaliyah rolled her up and pinned her in 3.17 seconds. And now Aaliyah holds the world record for the shortest match. Uh, she beat Trish, had it before this at 3.8 seconds. And the referee counted quite quickly to get this done <laughs> but they obviously wanted to make sure that they broke this record uh, so there you go a surprising record um, has been broken on Spider-Man. 
Yeah, and I thought it was actually executed quite well, to be honest. I know these things can feel a bit contrived because this very much was. And yeah. <laughs> they can deflate. I don't Not deflate, but it, it just doesn't feel that special when you're watching on. But for me, I was like, oh, it's done really well. But the crowd reacted how I expected them to react. They were a bit like, oh, great, cool. Didn't know we needed this, but great. <laughs> it was just that <laughs> kind of limp reaction, which is what it is. Um, the Guinness World Record stuff just always fills me with a bit of joy because I used to always get those every Christmas. So it's like a really nostalgic thing when I see somebody holding the book. Just be like, yeah. And you used to always read like Brock Lesnar being the youngest WWE champion. Be like, oh my God, it's really cool. This person has the big biggest beard of bees exactly and well I, I lost my record but we'll uh, we're not talk about that one uh, yeah it was, a, it was a dark time for all of us but yeah i thought this was this is fine i mean again it's not the best use of the the women on the show like we could be doing a lot more that's always just going to be a constant criticism of WWE until something changes but yeah. i don't know it was good seeing Leah do something yeah yeah. Um, but let's move on to your Twitter questions. If you want, you can follow us over on Twitter and send us a bunch of questions to answer on the news at Well Culture WWE at FillMyChambers at GMorgan04. Um, but the first question of the day comes from Eddie Zamhari, Zamhari? Uh who says, Who do you think will be the Iron Man and Iron Woman of the Royal Rumble this year? Oh, I love this question. Mute. No, no, stop it. I need to control myself. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure if Finn Balor's been officially announced for this Rumble yet. I think that's a bit of an easy one because he's done that before and he was really good at it. I think that's why I want to see it again. Um, I, I think a real swerve would be somebody like Dominic Mysterio. Do you know what I mean? Somebody like that you could just give this massive rub one. to. It'd be great. Like, like try, and, try and beat how long Ray was in there. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I think that'd be really cool Ooh, for the men's daddy. one. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm into that actually now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the, with the women's one, the women's maybe... I feel like they, they tend to throw this in with a, a veteran or something because you don't expect it. So like maybe like a Michelle McCool or something. Michelle McCool has been announced for this one officially, I believe. Yes, 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 yes right. Yes. So like maybe Michelle McCool just go in there and just pop up at number like three and just stay in there right to the end. Something stupid like that. That'd be good. I'd be happy with that. Fair enough. I would quite like Biggie to be the guy from the men's. I think like a big long showing and then winning it. He needs to win it. God damn it. Um, would be really, really good for Biggie. And I think he just. I mean, he's really entertaining, so I think he can keep a really long stint really entertaining. Um, and over the women's side, I think like someone new who's not going to win it, but could have a really good run through. I mean, Bianca Belair's like an obvious choice for it, but I'm going to go with like uh, Zelina Vega. Why not? Like have a mm. good run, eliminate a couple of people, be in there for a long time. Mm. Just something, some yeah, someone different, someone new who mm. can just make a make a moment of it. Let's yeah. Say. The next question comes from Al, who says, do you think AEW are lessening the importance of their women's champion by having her as a big part player in a men's mid-card match? Hmm. It's a tough one, this, because I can see what maybe they're trying to achieve. They're trying to bring... Uh, Britt's already massively over. She just is. But, like, putting her alongside Adam Cole, who, again, was, like, super over, like, their real-life relationship, all the rest of it, it just seems like a very natural way of just elevating them both, potentially. But I also see that in doing this, you're just... You're costing us like a, some form of AEW Women's Championship program, like going forward, like over the next couple of weeks. We're not going to be able to have that because it's going to be embroiled in this relationship mixed tag stuff that's happening. So, very tough. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mixed emotions when I actually saw the thing go down on Dynamite itself. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that just felt like clunky like the kiss moment was nice enough but again it just didn't feel like the best use of Britt Baker and even Chris Statlander we've seen that match before so if it's leading towards that we've seen that match very recently so I don't know it doesn't make things feel as fresh as what they potentially could do 
Yeah, absolutely. I think Britt Baker is way bigger than this, personally. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, the AEW Women's Championship should be in its own big storyline position. Mm -hmm. It should be its own focus. It shouldn't need any other sort of bells and whistles around it, and it shouldn't mm -hmm. get lost in a completely different storyline shuffle at mm -hmm. all. Britt Baker, she's had an amazing run as this champion. She's, she's elevated it massively. She's on like the best form of her life, and they just need to put her in a really good, strong story and keep that going. However, yeah. Having said that, like I do think they could definitely do better with this. Uh, you've got to also think like maybe it was their idea. Like they've not been in a mm. in the same sort of company um, ever really working together. They've always been in two different yeah. companies, and now maybe that they're finally in the same company, they would just kind of like to do a story together, and then yeah. they'll do this, and then they move on afterwards. So maybe if it was them pitching it, and they were the ones that sort of wanted to do this just for them because they thought it'd be good mm. fun working together, I'm okay with that. But personally, mm. I think. The, yeah, the whole women's championship should be elevated much higher than mm. this position on the card. There's nothing wrong with a one and done just for the bucket list tick. I think we've seen Indeed, that over the years. Yeah. So, yeah, let's hope it's just that. And the final question of the day comes from Hank McCoy, who says, who do you think is the person responsible for making Champa dye his beard? Me, I was sick of the grey. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's definitely an exercise, this, this whole dyeing of beard. I think an exercise in how to do it right in terms of like using the old just for men whereas you look at maybe i don't know i don't want to throw too many bombs because i think he might hunt me down and kill me but maybe chris jericho's filling in of the whole hair uh, a couple of weeks ago and dynamite maybe wasn't as as well executed let's say i think he looks pretty good i mean does it make him look that much younger without the little tinges of gray that make him look like an absolute yeah. warlord maybe not i don't know it does feel like something i don't want to assume but we're going to assume why not it does feel like something vincent man would turn around and go oh no the gray's not going to work you're not going to be a fighting baby face with gray hair because yeah. for some reason like superheroes and good guys can't have gray in their face i don't know something weird like that but i think he still looks pretty good he looks shredded it's tomaso champer yeah, it is still champ. I think this screams of carrying cross though, personally. Mm -hmm. Like they had this amazing package. It was already in NXT. He was great. He had the entrance, he had Scarlet, he had like everything going for him in NXT. And then he put him on main event as a tester for the main roster. And they got rid of his entrance and they got rid of Scarlet and they got rid of all the pomp and circumstance and everything. And he just started kind of wandered down to the ring. Uh, and then they put him on the main roster. And we look what happened to him, and now he's gone. And this yeah. feels like they're doing this to Tommaso Ciampa. They'll put him on main event, they'll make these little changes, and then they'll put him on the main roster, and then it won't work, and then they'll get rid of him. It but you think like they'd love Ciampa. Ciampa's the guy who like wears a mask and a helmet. I thought that's what, they're, they're into this kind of stuff. That's not what they did with Cross. They'd be like, yeah, put him in the oh, steel well. helmet. Why not? I will say, this screams of uh, Mr. Burns shouting at the baseball guy <laughs> to trim those sideburns. Okay. And that's the only thing I can possibly <laughs> think of with this is just Vince McMahon screaming at him, get rid of that grey hair! Yeah. What grey hair? I don't have any. Silly. I mean, he looks good though. I'm not going to mock him by saying it looks silly. Like, yeah, he, he, he looks, looks great. I still but... prefer the grey. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I prefer the grey. I mean, we like the grizzled look, don't we, on this channel? The grizzled look. We also wish the very best for Tommaso Ciampa. I don't want him to go the way of Korean nope. Cross. He's really good and I love him. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a matter of time before he's got his own talk show segment and he's shaving his beard off and a loser leaves town or loses facial hair match. Yay. Yeah. Well, let's not will that into existence <laughs> and let's end the video on that note. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, you can follow us over on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. You can follow me at Phil My Chambers, and you can follow Gareth at GMorgan04. 
And what else do you do? Subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment down below what you think of all of today's stories. And yeah, because YouTube likes all that stuff. <sighs> stuff, click, click on things, watch more videos, all the, all the videos. Ups and Downs is coming in a bit for SmackDown and Rampage, and, and there'll be a list. There's loads of stuff, just go watch yeah. loads of videos. It's all good. Have Keep yourself a really good day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.